every heart sing, Lord, I want to live for thee. Come now. Lord, I want to live, live for thee. Oh, yeah. Every day and every hour.
service is going to be just a little bit longer today because it's communion day. It means that the deacons and their wives and the mothers of the church, they'll be dressed out in their white and their black. It means that we will sing communion songs that will carry us back to Calvary. Yeah. <clears throat> 
we, we all know the routine. We, we know the routine. We know well how to carry out this routine. But what we may not know, if you're sitting in the pew month after month, year after year, you may not know exactly where do I fit into all of this. What does anything, what does any of this have to do with me? Why is all of this is coming around the table? Why is it significant to me? To what benefit is all of this if, if, if I can't tie it to me somewhere? If I, you know, why are we doing it? What good is it if I can't tie myself into it somewhere? Where do I fit in? And what should I be feeling in this ordinance that we celebrate? But my brothers and my sisters, I believe that we will all be benefited if we can hear this message from God. I believe we're going to benefit if we can just hear what God has to say to us this morning. Here in this text... We have really a refugee who has somehow found his way to the king's table. A refugee who is running for his life. A refugee. One who is seeking asylum. A refugee. One who has for some reason been displaced. Such a person, any refugee, would be happy just to find any country, anybody that would take them in. Such a person would be happy just to find a safe place to hide. Here in this nation right now, we are watching refugees being dehumanized at our borders and bust from place to place over the nation just to score political points. That's how we treat refugees. So how does a refugee, how does such a person end up at the king's table? Are y'all hearing me? How do you go from running for your life to finding yourself sitting at the king's table? Well, as we prepare to gather around the table this morning, as we get ready for communion again, it would do us well to revisit this story right here. 2 Samuel is a record of David's trip from the pasture to the palace. And there's something to be said about that trip. There's something to be said about the trip from the pasture to the palace. The truth of the matter is, brothers and sisters, most of what he needed to function in the palace, he learned it in the pasture. Can I help somebody here? Yeah, you, 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 you can really never be as effective as you should in the palace until you spend a little time in the pasture. Are y'all hearing this? Our nation is reeling right now because of four years of following a leader that was born in the palace. 
never spent a moment in the pasture. Oh, my brothers and sisters, you, you got to go by the pasture first before you know how to act when you get to, uh, y'all ain't hearing me. We come to the story. King Saul has been disobedient to God, disobeyed God, and now God is removing him from the throne. But watch this. God has already chosen and anointed a young shepherd boy named David to take over this throne. Now, it's significant to note that David was anointed by God for a throne while Saul was still sitting on it. That's important. He's anointed. He's already anointed for a throne that Saul is already sitting on. Trying to show you something. David never ran for king. He didn't ever express a desire to be the king. Yet God handpicked him. God handpicked him to lead his people. Let me say it another way. David received an anointing before he before his appointment was ready. I'm trying to help somebody. He received an anointing before his appointment was ready. But as I really think about it, God never places people in positions that he has not already anointed them to be in. Many of the shipwrecks that we see in many of our churches right now is a result of folk who have appointed themselves to positions that God has not anointed them to be in. An appointing without an anointing is a dangerous mess. Y'all hear what I say? I say an appointing without an anointing is a dangerous thing. But David, David never ran for king. He's not politicking for the office of king. He's not floating his resume with his qualifications to be king. All he's doing is out there doing his job. Doing the job that he has been assigned. He's tending sheep. And God sends the prophet out to where he is to anoint him king. But study the word. Study the word. You will see that as anointed as he was, he was quite content to serve the king. He was quite content to go ahead and serve Saul. Now, he's, all, he's anointed, but he's quite content to serve Saul, the one who is on the throne. But the problem was that while David had no problem with Saul's anointing, a Saul's appointment, Saul had a serious problem Amen. with David's anointing. Amen. Saul had a serious problem with somebody else who's been anointed. Insecurity, my brothers and sisters, is an awful thing. You can't enjoy what God has given you for worrying about what he's given somebody else. Are y'all hearing this? Insecurity is a horrible thing. 
But now watch the hand of God. Although Saul is jealous of David and did everything he could to destroy David, he has a son whose name is Jonathan. Saul couldn't stand him, but his son Jonathan loved David and became David's best friend. Are y'all seeing the hand of God here? King hates him, but his son loves him. So much so, they were such good friends that David vowed that, you know what, whenever I do go to the throne, I'm never going to forget our friendship. They made a covenant. Look at chapter 20, verse 14. They made a covenant that, that he would always show kindness to his friend Jonathan. No matter what his daddy did, he made a covenant with his son because he had been such a wonderful friend. He says, I'll always show kindness to you and to your offspring, to your family. Now keep your eyes on God. Watch God. Keep, keep your eye now on the providence of God. War breaks out between Israel and its traditional enemy, the Philistines, and war breaks out. And in the battle, in that war, Saul, King Saul, is killed. But not only is King Saul killed, sadly enough, his son Jonathan, who loved David, who had made a vow with David, he was also killed in the battle. Look at it now. The king is dead. And if you know anything about history of that time, the king is dead. Unrest will break out. Because the throne is vacant. And it's a dangerous time. It's a dangerous time when the throne is vacant, it's a, especially for the, for the relatives of the king that just died. The king, yeah, 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 it's dangerous in that time. All kings, Saint Paul, Saul's family, they're in danger because there's about to be a new king. And normally any new king would try to destroy all of the descendants of the old king so that they won't rise up. And try to take the throne. Are y'all understanding me? Usually the first act is to destroy everybody in the old king's family so that they don't have a right to the throne. So they realize this chaos is going on. They realize that Saul does have relatives. Matter of fact, Jonathan has a son. So now there's chaos. They're all running for their lives. And in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of trying to get away, Jonathan's son, his name was Mephibosheth, a nurse picked up Jonathan's baby and tried to run with the baby. Read it. It's in the story there. And in trying to run away with the baby, in an attempt to run, she had an accident and she dropped the baby. And when she dropped the baby, the baby's name Mephibosheth, she dropped the child and the Bible says that that boy was injured for life. I'm going somewhere. According to the Bible, for the rest of his life, he was lame in both feet. And if you read the story, you will see that the writer makes a point over and over again to make sure that we understand that this boy was lame in both feet. See, here it is. 
day, a man's worth was determined by his ability as a warrior. His ability, in other words, if he had any worth, he had to be able to fight. So a man that had two lame feet didn't have much worth. A man that was lame in both legs, yeah, was really identified as not worth very much. But the nurse got away with him with his two lame feet and hid him out in a little town called Lodibar. Took him out of Jerusalem. Yeah, now he's a refugee in a little town called Lodibar. Now, here it is, a little time passed. The dust has settled. There's a new king on the throne. David is now on the throne and throne, and he's already been anointed. So now, not only is he anointed, he's got an appointment. He's the king in God's own time. In God's own time, God works. But now, watch this. As powerful as he was, now he's got the power of the throne. But he remembered the vow that he made to Jonathan. He, he remembered. You know, that's character right there. He's on the throne. He could have just forgot about all of that. But he remembered that he made a promise, had a vow with Jonathan that he was going to show kindness to him and his family. But now Jonathan is dead, but I want to keep my promise. So he makes a move that kings don't make. He started searching to see if there are any descendants of Jonathan. Found, found, yeah, 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 yeah. I want to find if there are any, any descendants yet in the, in the family of Saul that I might keep my promise. I want to show them kindness. Searches and finds out from an old palace servant, an old servant that used to serve in Saul's house. He goes to that old servant, and that servant finally, after he figured out that he wasn't going to do him any harm, he says, Yes. I know the family. And Jonathan has a son. Jonathan has a son that survived, and his name is Mephibosheth. But y'all hear me. But, but, but even as he's telling him about the son, he even points out his worthless condition. He's got a son, but he ain't worth much. Y'all ain't hear me. He's got a son, but he got two lame feet. He's got a son, but he's all broken up. But watch King David. Watch King David. David sends for this boy. Sends for this man. Sends and brings him to the palace. Now, now here, here, here's a shout if anybody want to shout. He should have been an enemy. But bring him to my table. Y'all ain't hearing me. He ain't no count. He's lame. But bring him to my table. He's flawed. <laughs> but bring him. <laughs> 
Y'all ain't shouting yet. He's flawed. But bring him to my table. But not only does he bring him to the palace, verse 3, bring him that I might show the kindness of God to him. <laughs> A refugee. Oh, y'all hear me? Verse 7, not only will I show him kindness, but I will restore him all the land of his grandfather, Saul. I'll give him back everything that had, are y'all hearing this? And get this. He's lame, but he shall eat at my table continually. Get it, get it, get it. Every time he sits down at the table, he will remember that except the grace of God, I wouldn't be here. I'm trying to help some. Every time he comes to the table, he realizes it ain't nothing but the grace of God that has allowed me to come to this table. Every time he sits down at the table, he'll be able to remember that the only reason I'm there is because a promise was made. Y'all ain't hearing me. Yes, sir. They go find this boy and bring his crippled feet and all back to the king's palace. Look at him now. Look at him. Every meal, there he is with his crippled self sitting at the king's table. Every time a meal is served, he's sitting there with his crippled feet under the king's table. Let me throw this in. It ain't going to cost you nothing. The best way to hide your crippled feet is put them under the king's table. <laughs> Y'all ain't hearing me. The best way to hide your crippled feet is put them under the king's Table. Check it out. Four times in this short account, they write about the fact, they bring up the fact that he's sitting at the king's table. They're trying to make a point. It's four times it's in there. They want us to know that this refugee was sitting at the king's table. They say it four times. He's sitting at the king's table. And as I move toward my clothes, my mind begins to wonder, what must be on this boy's mind? I can imagine him sitting there thinking, I should have been dead. But here I am <laughs> at the king's table. Here I am, no good. I can't fight for myself. Yeah, I can't even stand up, but here I am sitting <laughs> at the king's table. I, I can't even stand up on my own, but here I am sitting at the king's table. 
y'all ain't hearing me. If it were me, if it were me, I, I, I believe I would be sitting there with one question on my mind. How in the world did I get to this table? How in the world did I make it to this table? How did I come from a place of hiding to a place of royalty? How did I come from a place of no value to a place of being valued by the king? Y'all ain't hearing me. Oh, my brothers and my sisters, if you can feel this young man, then you ought to be able to understand how we ought to feel when we come around this table. Y'all ain't hearing me. If you can feel this young man, it ought to give you some idea as to how you ought to feel every time we get a chance to come to this table. Oh, my brothers and my sisters, if you can feel him, then you can understand what our attitude ought to be like whenever we come to this table. Every time we come to this table, a question ought to rise in our minds. How in the world did I end up at this table? As jacked up as I am, how in the world did I end up at this table? As flawed as I am, how in the world did I end up at this table? I still can't walk right here. How in the world uh, did I end up at this table? Yeah. A table uh, that represents yeah, the best that God has to offer. Yeah. A table uh, that represents God's sacrifice. Yeah. He sacrificed his only begotten son. Uh, how in the world uh, did I get to this table? Yeah. Well, uh, as I go to my seat. Yeah. Let me explain it to you. Yeah. That my feeble chef yeah, was called to the table uh, not because of his own merit. Uh, he was not called uh, because he had something to offer. Yeah. But he was called uh, because of the love uh, of the king. Y'all yeah. ain't hearing me. Yeah. He was called uh, because of the faithfulness uh, of the king. He was called because the king could not break his promise. So as we come to this table today, are y'all hearing me? We get a clear glimpse of the unmerited favor of a God. We get a glimpse of what amazing grace is really all about. We sing it all the time. But we never think about it, yeah. That amazing race, uh, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch uh, like me. One was lost, uh, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now uh, 
I see. Let's go on down with it. T'was grace that taught my heart to fear and raise my fears. Really, how precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. Let's go on with it. Through many dangers, toils and snares, I have already come. It was grace that brought us here. One of them got a witness here. It was grace that brought me safe thus far. And it was grace that will lead me on. It was grace that caused God to give his only begotten son to die in my place. It was grace that caused him to pick up my cross, put it on his shoulder. It was grace that caused him to endure my pain. He was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity. He died, he died, buried him in a borrowed tomb, but he got up early Sunday morning with all power in his hand. But that ain't the end. He got up and went back to his father. And right now, he's sitting at the right hand of his father. But one day, one day, one day, he's coming back. And according to the word of God, the trumpet will sound. The Lord will descend. And we'll be caught up here to meet him in the air. And now I'll go back here and finish my song. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days. We've no less days to sing his praise than when we first be gone. Yes! Yes! Ah, yes! Almighty God, right attitude. How in the world did I get to this table? How? That ought to make you shout right there. Oh, oh, others. Others don't know, but you know. <laughs> you, you know what you thought this week. You know what you did this week. You, you know that God is not through with you. Yeah. Every time we get a chance to show up at this table. That's why the Bible says examine yourself. 
and if you'll examine yourself, you'll find that there's something that needs fixing. How in the world did I, did I get to this table? I thank God for the blood. I thank God for the blood that came streaming down for me. He didn't have to do it. He didn't have to do it, but he, but he did. And this morning, I come to offer you. See, all of your life, you if you're unsaved, you've been seeing us come to this table and you think we got something special. <laughs> you think that's something that we got that you can't have. But I come to tell you that all of us have sinned and come short of the glory. And the difference is some of us realize it and some of us haven't come to realize it yet. All of us need Jesus. All of us need a Savior. And the good news, the good news is he's still available. All your life you have heard this invitation and you passed up on it, but you all not pass up on it this morning. This may be your last chance to just say, I yield. I believe, Pastor, I believe he died for me. I believe he shed his blood for me, but I believe that he got up from the grave with all power in his hand. You need to make a change today. And you can make that change just by coming down this aisle. If you're here today unsaved, somebody ought to be moving. Somebody ought to be moving. The door is open. Yeah, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. for the blood. Come on, y'all. I thank God. Somebody ought to be moving. Come on. Come on. If you're already saved, you're already saved, then just need a church home. You need to be moving now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
out there for you. Come, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I, <laughs> I will give you rest. Come on, somebody, come on, give your life to him. Give your life to the king who will hide everything that you ever did under the auspices of his table. Amen. Come on, somebody.
According to the word of God, on that night before he was betrayed, he took bread and after giving thanks said, This is my body. Take and eat. After which he took the cup and says, This is the new covenant, new testament in my blood. Take and drink ye all of it. And the command is, as often as you do this, you do it in remembrance of me. Thank God for a good memory. Amen. Thank God for a good memory. Thank God that we remember what he has done for us. Thank God for these opportunities just to come around this table. We don't deserve it. And this morning, we ought to leave here just thanking God for another chance to be back around this table. We're on our way out of here now. Fellowship is different. We'll fellowship with each other as we leave. We, we, we'll still quite, not quite back to that point. But there used to be, when we were in that old building over there, when I started over here, there was a song that we used to sing on Communion Sunday sometime. And uh, ain't many folk left that can help us sing that. Uh, Deacon Bailey and Harold, Jason, somebody, a few of us. Amen. I'm going to sit at the welcome table. I'm going to sit at the welcome table one of these. You got it. Come on. about us ought to say that God has been good to us. Amen. Something about us 
ought to say that God has blessed this place for 189 years. God be with you till we meet again. tithe and offering online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give on cash app at dollar sign the church with zeal via the givelify app by mail to salem missionary baptist church p.o box 817 lilburn georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.